0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build, but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose Another king, advancing upon him with twenty thousand troops. If not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord
1: Today's Gospel is interesting for very Uh, let's say, troubling reasons, right? You would think that Jesus would be saying something to the effect of, if you want to follow me, love everybody. Just be a good person. Just follow my rules and you'll be fine. A word of encouragement, maybe. You know, some, some good words to leave you with for the rest of the journey that you're going to make with him that day. Because we hear in the gospel that great crowds are traveling with Jesus. What, is, what are the expectations of these great crowds? I think that's the key question that we have to ask ourselves today is, what is that expectation of ours as followers of Jesus? Can we put ourselves in the in the shoes of those great crowds following Jesus? What were the terms of of their following him? Cuz if you can imagine walking through the Galilean seaside or along the beach or going through the hill towns and the country and having these great followers, a retinue if you will, a huge following after you that is just waiting for you to say what's next. Put yourselves in the shoes of one of those people in the great crowds. And Jesus stops and then he turns and he says something. Again, you're on pins and needles waiting to hear what this wise person is going to say, what this teacher, this great teacher who speaks from his own authority, who teaches unlike any other Sadducee, Pharisee, or scribe has ever taught, more so than any of the other prophets that you've read about. Any of those messages, this is a great thing. What is he about to say? And imagine if you heard him say, okay, If you're going to come after me, if you're going to continue to follow me everywhere I go, here are the terms and conditions. You have to hate your natural loves. Wow. Your father, your mother, your sons, your daughters, your brothers and your sisters. This is hyperbole, by the way, but there's an aspect of this that we have to dig deeper into, and that aspect needs to be, what does he mean by, you have to hate these things? The key question becomes, why do we have to hate these things if we are going to follow after Jesus Christ, if we are going to be his disciples? Why these stark terms? The stark terms are there to get our attention, brothers and sisters, because what Jesus is talking about is not so much the actual psychological, I hate you, that we think of when we hear that word. But think about this in proper relationship. If Jesus is who Jesus says he is, then this is a Christological statement. This is a statement of who he is As Jesus the Christ. Because who would have the ability to say, any other guru, any other teacher, any other authority, be able to say, okay, you have to love the teachings that I give you, or the God that I'm pointing to, or you have to love your neighbor over and above everything. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says in these statements that I, Jesus Christ, you must love me over and above everything. Even those things that are natural loves to you. Because a natural love is a love. You should rightly love your sons and daughters. You rightly should love, as a matter of fact, it's one of the commandments, to honor your father and your mother. You should rightly love your brothers and your sisters. But in what order and at what cost? Because the next statement takes this even deeper, brothers and sisters. It takes it even deeper and says, if you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple we kind of religiousize this because we've severely cleaned up that cross, to be honest with you. But these are the conditions, these are the hows of how we let go of those things that we cling to more than Christ. Those things that we put at the center of our lives rather than God. This is the how. Because, brothers and sisters, we are called to put those things to a radical death there is a major change that has to happen in our minds and our hearts and in order for that to take effect we have to radically respond to the grace and love of god why because god is your creator god is your father god is perfect love that, brothers and sisters, is what you were created for. All the other things, if you put any created thing at the center of your life, you're going to be off balance. You're going to find disappointment and hurt and pain. Augustine, St. Augustine puts this very well. If God is at the center of your life and you love God more than anything, then every other love in your life is for the sake of God. That is when things start to fall into right proportion. That is when things start to fall into right order. But it's hard because, brothers and sisters, we as sinners, desire so many things, and we are created out of balance thanks to original sin. The world is out of order. Our call is to love perfectly, which means to put God at the center of everything we do, everything we are, and everything else that we love. The right order has to be Jesus first and then everything else falls into right relationship your love with your your love of your parents falls into right relationship if it's for the sake of jesus your love of your sons and daughters is in right relationship if it's for the love of jesus your use of other things is put in right relationship if they are For the love of Jesus. You see where I'm going with this, brothers and sisters, is that all of us tend to put things in disorder. We put other things ahead of God. We put other things at the center of our lives, including ourselves. The rest of the gospel tells us how to go about doing the hard work of putting Jesus at the center of our lives. Because who would go do battle without first saying, yes, this is worth doing battle, or do I have to prepare better? If I can build a building, do I go through the hard work of figuring out whether or not I have enough stuff to do it? Or do I start prematurely? Brothers and sisters, how we go about carrying this cross, how we go about putting to death those other things that are the centers of our lives is by doing the work of identifying them and then putting them in their proper place with the help of God's grace. It's hard work. But to be in right relationship with Jesus Christ, to be in right relationship with God, our Father, our Creator, and our true purpose, our true love. To put all of those things and to work towards putting all of those things in proper order is where we find true peace, true joy, and true fulfillment. Don't get me wrong, brothers and sisters, it's not about denying and pushing all of the other things out of our life. It's about putting God at the center and allowing everything else to be in your life in proper relationship. Which means love of friends, love of family, proper use of things. What Jesus is saying here is denying ourselves And putting Jesus first. There's an aspect of this where we all desire to be the center of our own lives. That's the natural tendency. Whether it's our own perceptions, whether it's our own judgments of others, whether it's our own peace of mind, or our own security, or our prestige, or all of the things that we have that make life quote-unquote easier. When we go to work for our family and forget that Jesus is the center of that, then we put our families in the center, which very quickly can turn into money being the center because the more we have, the easier things seem to be. But ask any rich person. The temptation is to make that the center and you start to lose joy. So the question, brothers and sisters is, What are those things that we put in the center of our lives rather than Jesus? The answer is going to be different for every single one of us here. But it's important to recognize those because the work of it begins with recognition. The work of it begins, and the healing of it, and the conversion of it, the proper mindset, and the proper heart begin with recognizing the things that we tend to put at the center of our lives other than Jesus. I would encourage you all to begin today. Pray for the grace today in reception of the Eucharist, the body and blood, soul, and divinity of Christ that we receive in the Eucharist. We consume that so that it becomes the core of who we are. And it feeds us for the rest of our challenges that we face in life. So brothers and sisters, as we begin and as we continue to make this offering, may we offer those things that we've put in the center of our lives rather than Jesus. Those things that are taking the place of God in our lives rather than God. Whether it's the prestige of others, the perception of others, power, wealth, relationships, school, money, work, your spouse, your sons, your daughters, your sons, your children, your grandchildren, All of these things are good, brothers and sisters, but if they're at the center of your life rather than God, things are out of balance. And the challenge of our lives is to put God back in that place where he belongs. And when we respond through the grace of God to be able to order order our lives like the saints, when we respond to God's grace to order our lives properly with his grace, it's then that we find true joy, true peace, true happiness, and everything else falls into place thereafter.